Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's all-access interview series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode is Jeff Hundley, CEO of the Allstate Sugar Bowl. Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you. I really appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Jim. Good to be with you. You know, I'd like to start off with just, yeah, I, I find the, the the bowl business that you're in really fascinating. I've had a few guests uh, recently from that area, but uh, but you're my first bowl CEO. So can you just give us a typical kind of day in the work life uh, of of someone in your position uh, kind of, you know, during the off season for college football, then maybe how that changes as, uh, as your game approaches in, in the fall and early winter? Sure. We just uh, we sit around with our feet up on the desk <laughs> 364 days a year and then get ready on January 1st. There you go. No, I, I still get that uh, uh, all the time when I meet people for the first time and they find out that I work for the, the Sugar Bowl. They, they, I'm often asked, that's a full time job. <laughs> and and I, I, I resist the temptation to challenge them that I think it's more full time in their jobs. But uh, yeah, we, uh, for example, I just got out of a meeting. We are involved, have been for a, a decade now involved with Nike and, and the Drew Brees Foundation after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, we got involved and in, in, uh, did a $10 million rebuild of a, a playground uh, here in the city that, that had been devastated by the hurricane. And we've, we've uh, followed that up. Uh, we rebuilt the gymnasium area, build a new football stadium, build a track complex. And since then, the, our funding has gone uh, towards programming at that facility for young people in the city. So we've, you know, all sorts of competitions, after school programs and what have you that we stay involved with, you know, to as part of our community give back. You know, we work for the Sugar Bowl Committee is a volunteer organization uh, comprised of roughly 125 uh, volunteer members who are all successful in their own right, business leaders, attorneys, doctors, et cetera, all who you know have an affinity for and love for the city of New Orleans. And we work as a staff for them. They comprise 35 different working committees that run the gamut from, you know, the entertainment to ticket sales to stadium operations and the like. You know, we, we also do, Jim, throughout the year, 35 different 
uh, sporting events around the city. We're involved in everything from uh, sailing regattas to AAU basketball, volleyball, USTA, uh, national tennis tournament, swimming, uh, you name it. We, we have some level of involvement in there. And the purpose, you know, the Sugar Bowl was founded in the 1930s for the purpose of providing tourism via amateur athletics. Right. And we've done well by that that mission, you know, for all these decades now. And, and so that's that's why we do those other events. We're purely amateur in nature. We don't get involved. You know, the, the sports council here in the city handles the, the Super Bowls and the, the NBA All-Star Games and the like. But we're involved with uh, Final Four, CFP, National Championship Games and, and the like and, and uh, manages to keep us uh very busy throughout the year. We're one of the smaller uh, bowl staffs in, in terms of the major bowl games. We've got 11 full-time employees, so we're lean and mean, but we've been able to to get it done and primarily due to a, a very active and engaged uh, volunteer base. So uh, they, they've done well for us and, and help us to help New Orleans shine every time uh, the college football world comes to town. You know, the thing about bowl games is they are such, especially one that's been around as long as the Sugar Bowl, you know, such community institutions. And I think, you know, those of us who who see them on on television and, and uh, you know, know, know the role they play in college football sometimes forget that the kind of the other side of it, you know, really being important members of, of, of the cities and, and markets that they're in. We just finished, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're also we operate and fund the local chapter of the National Football Foundation. And there we recognize, you know, 30 different uh, student athletes. For the first time, we had a female football player that that was recognized for excellence on the field as well as in the classroom. And so we we uh, take pride in doing that. Archie Manning's on the Sugar Bowl Committee and Archie uh, is the MC of that event and, and uh, speaks uh, about the accomplishments of each of the honorees. And at the end of it, you know, we awarded $60,000 in scholarships. We had uh, five different recipients that that shared that $60,000. And some, you know, another thing that we're proud of, we do the Greater New Orleans Sports Hall of Fame every summer where we induct, uh, you know, deserving people from from New Orleans or who, you know, made their uh, national, their sporting reputation in the city. Uh-huh. So yeah, we, we managed to stay busy throughout the year. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it. And, you know, New Orleans is, I would think, you know, a very important part of the Sugar Bowl brand, if you will. Is it important that the Sugar Bowl have kind of a distinct brand identity when you've got, you know, all of the other bowl games that are that are out there. And if, if that's correct, if I'm, if I'm kind of right in that, how would you describe the Sugar Bowl's brand identity? You hit the nail on the head there, Jim. You know, without a doubt, brand is important to us. And, and you know, we first and foremost, excellence is what, you know, we hope our brand stands for. But we also... It's a marriage of, of uh, athletics, college football in particular, and culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel like we provide a service to, to the schools, coaches, student athletes who participate in our annual game, introducing them to a culture that's unlike any other in America, uh, one that's fun, one that's exciting, one that's unique. And, and certainly we, you know, we try to capitalize on all that and try to show them the best that New Orleans has to offer every time they come to town. And we feel like, you know, we've been successful and the brand's been successful, certainly having 
Allstate as a partner, you know, fits right in with us. You know, they're known for excellence and and class. You know, we we'd like to think that that uh, that emanates from our brand and and from the individuals involved with it. And and uh, so it's been a, a good marriage for a long time. You actually anticipated my my next question, which is is going to be about Allstate. That's a you know a sixteen year partnership now, I believe. And you know, obviously, Allstate's got a great reputation for uh, you know being a, a long term supporter of the sport of college football and athletics, and and also known for doing some great um, activations and whether that's you know, television advertising or or things that are that are on site. You know, given that Allstate has so many different relationships, you know, kind of across the, the sports spectrum, what are they really looking to achieve through the, the Sugar Bowl? And, and you know, since that relationship is now 16 years old, you know, how do you keep that kind of kind of fresh and interesting for, you know, for, for the fans who you, you want to make sure that um, uh, are, are getting the message that uh, that Allstate wants to put out there? Absolutely. We we couldn't. First of all, I just got to say that how thrilled we are to have a, you know, in, in this business to have a, a partner for 16 years, you know, is, is it's not normal. You know, I think their their mission with us has changed and evolved over the years. You know, when they first got involved, you know, it was right after Hurricane Katrina and there were a lot of insurance claims in the city. And I, I think they they tied themselves, you know, to an existing, you know, uh, organization that that had uh, good standing in the community felt like that made sense for them because there were, you know, it didn't matter what the insurance carrier was at that point in time after Katrina. Everybody was mad at their insurance company trying to get their houses and lives rebuilt and what have you, and it, it made sense for them to to tie into us at that point in time. But uh, as as it's evolved and times you know gone by, they really are interested. In, in marrying what I just said earlier about our brand, marrying college football and, and culture and, and music in particular. And so they, they've done a, a fan fest uh, almost every year for the last decade, right in the heart of the French Quarter. We, you know, we told them that's where it needed to be in order to have the captive audience. And it's a, a free event that they've done. And, you know, they've brought in, you know, music acts from Usher to Imagine Dragons and, and beyond. And it's all free to the public and uh, actually has been tied into further on the culture side to the Dick Clark New Year's Eve show. Uh, we had a run there three or four years prior to COVID where, you know, that was televised, you know, nationally. And, and so it was a good marriage there, followed by, you know, a great college football game. The, the game itself allows them to showcase their good works team, you know, which is uh, student athletes who uh, football players who have done well in their communities and on the give back side. And, and uh, we always honor them and recognize them as part of the festivities here. So, you know, it's made sense on a number of different levels and we're, we're grateful for it and uh, hope it continues. We have uh, four more years under contract with them right now. And, and we're looking forward to four great years and beyond uh, that. 
digging a little deeper into kind of the the, the business side and and particularly the the relationship with with the, with the corporate partners and and obviously in 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 the bowl uh, bowl game landscape you've got broadcast partners and uh, in there as well ESPN as well as the the CFP but you know one of the things that a lot of the professional sports and and even like the individual university programs are are doing nowadays is really accessing their uh, their fan data and, and getting insights on who's who's coming to, to all the games and buying the season tickets. That's that's a real top priority, and a lot of sponsors are you know hoping to get those insights. They they can do better programs. Is it a challenge for a bowl game like yours to to compete in that area because you don't have that kind of you know, the season ticket base or that that kind of consistent customer base year to year? The answer is yes. It's it's, it's difficult. We've all been trying to get our arms around that. Uh, most recently, uh, the organization that serves as the the trade association for all the bowls bowl seasons yeah. is trying to see if there's a way that we can't collectively as all 40 plus bowl games get together and mine our data that way. And that perhaps that would have value to sponsors going forward, but you know, fans change from year to year. And so we, we have a, a local season ticket based, but you know, again, our purpose is tourism. So we're, right. you know, we're trying to drive people from out of town as much as possible to fill up the hotels and the restaurants and what have you. And so, you know, the, the large uh, majority of those who are in attendance on game day are, are out of towners who, you know, when we have two different teams the following year, you know, you can basically throw out that data to some degree. I, I think, you know, maybe college football fans in general have some unique and, and identifiable characteristics that, that would be of value, but uh, it's, it's not something that I can tell you that we have, cracked the code on just yet but we're we're busy uh working on we realize the importance of data we hear it every day and as we talk to sponsors and uh, it's something that that again we're hoping that as a group if if we can get together as as the entire bowl season organization that there might be some value there that that would uh, serve everybody's interests well, that makes a lot of sense um, for for sure. When you look at the, the many issues that are are facing college football right now, from playoff expansion, conference realignment, NIL rights, you know, the live game TV uh, broadcasts versus streaming options, you know, that that's a lot, right? <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm just wondering in general. I mean, we don't, you know. Can't don't have time to dig into each of those individually, but just in general, how does that kind of situation where there, there's so many moving parts impact the, your planning, you know, for the future of the, of the Allstate Sugar Bowl? Well, again, we're we're trying to we're interested observers. There's we we aren't uh, involved a lot in the decision making process. You know, we certainly have been sharing our opinions on matters as they they affect us. But yes, it's this is one of the most dynamic times of, of change in, in the history of college athletics. And, and, you know, we're, a you know, admittedly a, a very tradition laden organization and it's uh, been, you know, preaching to our committee for the last uh, several months that, that we need to be ready to adapt and change and overcome and, and welcome the change as it comes, as opposed to trying to resist it or hang on to something that, that, worked in the past, but is, is not going to work, you know, in the future for us. So I think 
the sugar bowl and, and the bowl system in, in general, we all really need to be able to be flexible uh, in our thinking and our actions and realize that, uh, you know, the student athletes now are, are being uh, rightfully so cut in on a piece of the pie. And we've got to figure out how we can contribute to that and, and how we can, uh, you know, incentivize if need be student athletes to make sure that our product stays strong. You know, it's, it's become, you've, you've seen, uh, we're not hiding from anything. There have been opt outs and players getting ready for the draft or entering the transfer portal, you know, in in advance of bowl games. And we've got to get them a, give them a reason to want to come and play. You know, we can't just, you know, open up the doors and expect them to, to walk in as, as has been done, you know, for years and years. So, uh, it's it's going to require a, a, a new and, and deeper, more uh, unique type of thinking than, than perhaps we've ever had to face. Uh, but it's one that, you know, having sat in the room with uh, uh, fellow executive directors at, at other bowl games, you know, everybody realizes as much and is ready to, to step forward and, and meet the challenge and, and create opportunity as a result of it. Speaking of new opportunities, the the rules have been relaxed a little bit uh, recently in terms of the the types of companies and, and industries that that uh, can become involved with with bowl game sponsorship. Do you see any changes coming about uh, from that for for the Sugar Bowl? Perhaps you know we we welcome the you know kind of the decentralization of uh, the NCAA's you know hold over sponsorship categories. I think we can. We're set up to to govern ourselves. I certainly, you know, at the Sugar Bowl, you know, we're not going to do anything that take on any sponsors that that are not of good taste. Right. But you know, uh, society's views on things have have changed. And you know, for example, you know, we're in a building here right now that does the Caesar Superdome now, and and they, they have a big footprint in this area. Caesar's does, and that's something that we we've, we've been talking to them uh, for a few months now. It's something that you know, in the past, uh, you know, was taboo and something that, that, that we're going to take a look at and see if we can't come to uh, an agreement on something that makes sense for, for them as well as us. So, yeah, we've got, again, got to be open to, to new thinking and, and, you know, quite frankly, we're, we're going to have to create and come up with new revenue because it's, it's going to cost more going forward in order to incentivize and, and keep, uh, keep the product strong, you know, keep student athletes interested and, and uh, excited about playing at our venues. And, and so, you know, that's going to require more resources. And so we, we have to, you know, it's a survivalist almost mentality that we have to have at this point in time. And, and if anybody that thinks otherwise is just kidding themselves, I think at this point. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent, excellent observation. And you've covered some of this next question, I, I think already, but I'll go ahead and ask it just in case there's anything else. Do you see if you if you kind of look into the crystal ball, maybe just, you know, five years, six years down the road, what do you think the landscape looks like for for the, for the, the playoff and, and the, the New Year's six bowl games like yours? You know, is it dramatically different than than what than what it is now? Or are there just, you know, kind of some some tweaks and changes that that'll be happening over the next half half a decade or so? Well, I don't have the best crystal ball, but uh... <laughs> It's an unfair question, I realize. Yeah, I think there's going to be some uh, significant change. I do think that uh, much talked about playoff expansion will happen. 
Uh, personally, uh, you know, I've talked to enough people to believe that it, at some point the, the conferences will align and, and create an expanded playoff uh, for the, to create opportunity to protect their own brands and, and obviously to create additional revenue streams because certainly there's demand there, uh, you know, that, that, that much is, is pretty much a given. So I, th- I think that they'll find a way. I think that we'll have an opportunity to be involved in that, you know, going forward. I think, you know, at, at the 12 team playoff that, that was uh, mentioned, you know, for the p- better part of the past year, we were excited about that. That option uh, gave us an opportunity to have, have a playoff game every year, uh, which means that, that our game matters on an annual basis, you know, which uh, increases the likelihood that players are going to want to play in our game. You know, we, we haven't had major problems with opt-outs, but we have had a couple of instances where that's been the case. And quite frankly, you know, at the level that we're at, you know, oftentimes we're getting teams that just missed out on the playoff. And so there's a level of disappointment amongst the, the team, amongst the fan base. And, and that, you know, shows itself at the gate at the stadium on game day, you know. So it's it's made it tougher to sell tickets. It's made it, you know, made us focus more on the local community, which is counter to our tourism mission. But in order to to survive and, and generate the needed revenue, you know, we've had to turn and, and focus on the, on the city and those, those off years when we're not hosting a playoff game. But, uh, yeah, I think that it's going to look a lot different. You know, you know, the, the university sides, you know, everybody's going to have to adapt. And it's a, a new reality that the, the student athletes are, are are carrying some sway right now and and you know they're going to be accommodated in some form or fashion as we go forward and and it's going to be incumbent on all of us who have enjoyed things the system that that existed for so long it's going to be incumbent on us to be take part in that and to assist the student athletes and and as best we can and and keep the whole enterprise moving forward the old, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but may you live in interesting times. I think that's uh, that's definitely everybody in uh, in in college football and, and, and certainly in, in your role there at, at the Sugar Bowl. But Jeff, I, I really appreciate your uh, your insights and, and and your candor. Obviously, the, the Sugar Bowl's in, in in very good hands with you at the top there, and and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending some time with me and and all of our listeners and viewers. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jim. And and you once again, you hit the nail on the head. I don't know how many times I've used the word interesting times because <laughs> uh, indeed they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm sure they will continue to be and, and maybe we'll have a, a chance to check in with you and, and see how things are going uh, a little bit down the road. Good deal. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jeff. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening. And please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.